Welcome to Patrick Jones Baseball, where we combine the old school and the new school way of thinking in order to help the most baseball players possible. This is episode number 121 with J.K. Whited of Baseball Rebellion. J.K. has been with Baseball Rebellion for several years now, and in this episode we kind of talk about his approach to training players, what it was like to work with Manny Ramirez when he came down to Baseball Rebellion, and just kind of the whole landscape right now of hitting and and, and how it's important to understand movement and how to move correctly. And he's just he's someone I've been following and, and watching online for several uh, several years now, and actually a, a lot more recently. And I just really wanted to have him have him on the show because I knew he would provide a lot of value to um, to coaches and, and players out there listening. So again, appreciate everyone who has been listening to the podcast. Um, if you could just share this episode with one friend. Um, that's the only thing that I ask is just share the episode with one friend, just someone who you think might enjoy it. That would be awesome, and I would greatly appreciate it. So without further ado, here is J.K. Whited. All right, and we are now live with J.K. Whited of Baseball Rebellion. J.K., thanks for coming on today. Absolutely, man. Happy to be here. So I know, uh, um, you know, a little while back, uh, Manny Ramirez actually was down at your facility. I know I saw a couple weeks ago he was out at driveline. Um, will, yeah. they, will he ever retire from from playing baseball? He's a baseball player. I, you know, I, I don't know if he knows how to do anything else. You know, I think um, a lot of professional players, especially that caliber, you know, like the, the top 1% of the 1%, uh, it, it's tough for him to put it down. Um, and I don't blame him. He can still swing it. You know, I don't know at what level or where he wants to play, but uh, someone, someone will give that guy a, a spot. I think no matter, no matter where he goes. So when he came into your facility, like what, what was he there to work on or what did he want to do? That's a really good question. Um, I mean, he was there to, I think, find some stuff that he had lost a little bit. I think one of the biggest things for him was he wasn't 20 anymore or 30 anymore. Um, and when the body can't do what uh, it used to do, I think, you know, he had to very, you know, start to vary how he practiced and how he thought about the swing a little bit. You know, I think sometimes, again, we're talking about a generational talent, one of the best hitters ever. And then you can't talk about those guys the same way. They're, they're different, you know, in, in almost every way. So he was able to, for a long time, off of his natural talents and, and, and physical uh, abilities to just be good, I think. And, and then when the physical stuff started to wear off just due to age, I think he had to find a better way to practice and, and be a little bit more in tune. It's, it's really it's really an interesting case study um, because it's kind of the reverse effect. Most people got to find it early. He had it early and then had to find it again late, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Like what kind of stuff were, like, were you guys working with him like specifically on? Um, you know, he was, he was toying around at the time with different ways to, it, it's very funny. It, it was very similar to, to any, any young kid that actually comes in, you know, he was thinking a lot about his hands and arms and, and kind of how to tip the bat and how to move the bat in sequence with his body. And, and we just did what we do. And we got him, uh, thinking more about his, uh, ability to, um, separate and stretch and, and, uh, you know, turn better, um, positionally have his head and, and upper body in better places to make it easier for him. Um, and, and just like everybody else, when they come in, when they start to realize that that is what is mat- what matters most is creating that engine. 
then um, then the hands and arms kind of take care of themselves. And I think that's what he what he learned a, a little bit when he was here was that uh, the more focus you put on on the right parts, then the other parts tend to fall in place, especially for a guy like that who who barrels up everything in his sleep. You know, he didn't really have to think about that too much. And he started turning his hips better and everything was more efficient, um, you know, from the neck down than, than everything else kind of fell in place. It's uh, it's interesting because you hear you you start to hear some people will say it, you know it's important to know um, what you're doing. So when it, when you don't you know when you aren't swinging well, right? You know like you can you can kind of figure out and be your own hitting coach and kind of go back and, and fix that again. Um, mm. But it's interesting because when you look at like some of the great hitters, like everyone's seen a rod demo, you know, swing straight down, trout, pool holes. Yeah, I mean those yeah. guys clearly right have been successful their entire lives thinking that way, yeah. even if that's not reality. So my you know my question is, what well, do they do? You really need to know, or is it just about feel? It's a good question. Everybody's feel is different, um, and and that's where I think the the challenging and, and fun part of instructing is what, do, you know, we know what the swing has to be. We know it's got to be fast. We know it's got to be athletic and adjustable. Uh, we know we got to get the bat uh, rotating on playing with the pitch up in, into the pitch plane. And, and so it's whatever you got to say to that person. You know, if, if Mike Trout came in here and, and I told him to you know, swing as down as you could and, and he hit the ball consistently hard and, and, and far, then cool. You know, it, I've, you know, very rarely do you say those types of things, obviously, because most kids, when they hear that type of stuff, take it extremely literally and they go and, and they swing straight down and they're like, oh, I'm doing what Mike Child's doing. No, you're, you're doing what Mike Child feels like he's doing, but what he's actually doing is this. And so, um, yeah, it, it's tough to say, you know, because I'm not a one percenter like those guys are. So, I, you know, but everybody's feel is different. And if if that's what A-Rod felt and Mike Trout feels and, and that's great, then do it. You know, we wouldn't tell them any differently. Obviously, they're, you know, two of the best hitters ever. Um, and, and you kind of let that roll. That's where I think the, the instructor has to morph and adapt to who they're working with, just like a, a teacher in school would. Not everybody learns at the same pace or understands things the same way. So you have to be adjustable in that way as an instructor. You have a, a template. You have a a, a, a goal in mind to rotate better and, and to move the bat better, but how you say it and, and how you work with that individual will change because not everybody's the same type of learner. Since those guys are the elite of the elite, um, maybe we, maybe you just write those guys off. Like they don't really under know what their body is actually doing. It doesn't really matter yeah. in a sense because they're just so much better than everybody else. But I remember talking to, you know, Josh Donaldson, um, uh, commented on one of my posts on Instagram a while back and he said you know the problem is with feels is that you know they change regularly so if you yep. don't actually know what you're doing eventually it's going to come back to hurt you now clearly for those guys that wasn't the case right yeah. but um but for you know the rest of us uh regular people um, normal humans <laughs> right right yeah for the rest of it exactly so in your opinion, is it important for players to really know what's going on in their own swing in terms of how their body is moving? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you have a, a general uh, understanding of simple concepts, uh, because it's really just all physics, you know, and, and so if you have those general ideas then you can you can you can 
you know, weed out a lot of the things that are garbage so you don't waste your time. Um, and, and yeah, any, any, any more that you know about how a swing's supposed to work, then you can, like you just, like you said, you can be around coach. And we really try to do that. We try to educate the player, even from a very young age, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, uh, you know, you know, when you hit a ball a certain way, um, you know, how did you do it? You know, were you, were you, uh, you know, were you turning as fast as you could? Was the bat moving in the right direction? That kind of stuff. And, and it's really fun. You know, we, we've been around for a good number of years now to the point where we have some kids we've had since they were eight or nine. Now they're 14, 15, 16. And I mean, our lessons with them are relatively silent. We don't say a whole lot. Uh, we'll might throw something in here or there, but they are constantly in their own head in a good way. Uh, you know, sometimes you do have to say, Hey, just, just go for it, man. Just swing, go have fun, try to smash the ball. Um, but you know, they're, they're in there constantly self-adjusting and there's nothing that makes us happier to see a kid do that. And, and, and the confidence that comes with, you know, I got this, you know, I got this, you know, I might have a, a, a day, I might have a weekend. That's not great, but I know what I got to do if, if it's not going the way I want it and I can adjust on the fly pitch to pitch sometimes, you know, game to game. And it's, it's a fun process process to watch happen. Um, and, and a young player to start to figure that out. So, yeah, I mean, if you can, if you can figure yourself out, and you can make those adjustments on the fly like that, then you can start to, you know, because sometimes it comes down to that. If, if you're competing for a spot on a team, if you're at a tryout and it's you versus three other guys at your position and, you know, you have a, a swing flaw that you fix in, after one pitch in a, in, a, in a showcase type of event, then that might mean the difference between you making that team or not. So it, it's important, very important that you have at least, I think, a general – understanding of how the body's supposed to work and and if you do that then you can be your own coach yeah i i, I do i agree with that and um yeah it, it definitely makes sense no no question about it it is it is important to have some sort of uh, grasp on what's going on is there anything that you're currently working on or are currently kind of you know going down a rabbit hole or studying about the swing or body um that you're that you that intrigues you um, I, yeah, I think that, yeah, I, I think that, uh, you try to, as an instructor and in what I do, I, I try not to go down too many rabbit holes just because you don't want to get too hyper-focused on, I think on one thing too much, um, because your students are different every, every, you know, every 40 minutes when they come in. So you just don't want to get too, uh, you know, too crazy about that kind of stuff. But, um, I do think it's, it is important at times to, dive deeper into certain things that maybe you thought because we're constantly trying to push our own stuff and, and be better so if we're if we think a move isn't isn't quite what it should be then then we'll dive into that rabbit hole and say well what are we saying that's not as good as it could be what are we you know what drills are we doing that that we need to eliminate or you know what 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 can we do better uh for instance i'm uh in the process of designing a uh, a product a little bit of a product that will help with uh, positioning and, and striding. And, and one of the things I've been getting into a lot more and more about, because, and again, this is because most of the people that we work with come in with pretty cultural, you know, in, in, incorrect teaching of, of how the body moves. And uh, I've been working on, you know, making kids understand that, you know, striding and moving forward is a hip move more and not a foot and front leg move, stuff like that. So I've been kind of I have a product I designed uh, that I've been testing out last what last week or so. We've all been testing it uh, to help kids move their hips better and control their stride and, and, and their swing through their hips a little bit better. So, yeah, I mean, you go in and out of stuff like that, you know, 
two months from now, we might be into, you know, more, more, uh, you know, what are you doing with your barrel during the load stuff? So you go in and out of uh, rabbit holes like that for sure. I was working with a kid, um, uh, last week. He's a really, really loose mover and he was, um, constantly late. And so actually we, what, what was, what was happening in the swing is he actually wasn't, when he was striding, it looked like he, uh, he was kind of cutting himself off a little bit. It looked like he wasn't starting his, his natural base wasn't very wide at all. And so yeah. he actually watched video of that and he actually ended up seeing it himself was, um, he, he decided to actually get, take a bigger stride and like very, very big stride. It was, you know, in, in starting out even a wider base, something that you probably wouldn't normally teach. And, you know, he was late before he was doing that. And now he was just on time with everything, like, like making, like having some barrel adjustability. It was really impressive. And that kind of, showed me again of how how uh, different each hitter is but more importantly how important it is to understand you know how these guys move right like i said he's yeah. an extremely loose mover um do you guys do any type of like movement work with hitters or movement assessments oh yeah that that's that's what that is 95 percent of what we do yeah we our um our bread and butter is is how we teach the movements without hitting um that that's kind of our thing and uh, getting kids to find themselves, but have the understanding that generally that, you know, the body is the same for everybody. So, uh, how you swing the bat is pretty much the same. And, uh, but finding yourself through mirror work, uh, through our progression system and how we use it is, is why we are who we are. Um, we've taken, we've been able to successfully take the hitting out of swinging better. And when you do that, you can, the brain is able to focus and lock in on, on, like you said, the body and, and, uh, you know, finding whether you're a leg kick guy, um, a low leg kick guy, a high leg kick guy, a no leg kick guy, a wide stance, narrow stance, open stance. That's kind of found through trial and error and figuring out what works best for you. You know, we got we have tall guys that start with their feet close together. We have tall guys with wide stances. We have small, shorter guys with with narrow feet, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So you just through trial and error, you say, OK, well, what can help me be the most athletic hitter I can be? Uh, be adjustable, obviously, uh, dynamic, and and be able to to get the bat on plane. And some positions, guys, whether it's, sometimes it's a physical inability. You know, we all know that not, well, all of us aren't made the same. So if I can't tilt or side bend or hinge as as good as another guy, I got to do some things to compensate for that, and so that I can get the bat, you know, working up up on plane easier and stuff like that. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of sometimes especially during the off season, you know, you're throwing stuff up on the wall and see what sticks. And, and then you kind of, uh, you, you build from that. I know you're busy coaching and, and giving lessons and working with players, um, every day. Are there certain players though, that you will watch or study, um, at the, at the big league level? Definitely. No, we're, I probably watch, I don't know, four or five different guys a day. I watch them uh, you know, so much more access to that kind of stuff with YouTube around, you know, more than when, when, you know, I was coming up. So I'm on it. Um, watching games, uh, replays of games. I'll, you know, follow people, you know, different guys on Instagram and you know, MLB on Instagram and stuff like that, because they're just, there's so many quality videos out and shots and angles that they used to never, never have. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll hone in on, on a couple guys. And if I have a, a lesson coming up that, you know, I think one guy could really benefit from, I'll, you know, we'll have the iPads out there. We'll show them like, this is what Javi's doing better this year. This is what Bellinger's doing better this year. Um, this is the changes they made. Let's see if it works for you and kind of having that 
a template. I think it's important for a young player to have a major league baseball player, you know, kind of template in their head, you know, a favorite player, so to speak, to, to kind of watch because you can kind of say, well, this guy really is a lot like me. He's not very big. He's a second baseman. Yeah, this is what he's doing. How's he doing it better? What can, how can I kind of mirror that? And that's, I think that's how a lot of young, young major league players get started is they mimic their, their favorite player, you know, and I know when I was young, Griffey was my favorite player. So naturally I had my feet, I was tall and did the bat wiggle, didn't do it as near as cool as he did. And I was right-handed. So I'm probably looked like a goof, but um, you know, that was how I got started and in, in, in hitting is I just want to be like Griffey. And I think if you have that guy in mind, you know, the guy who moves like me, who's, who's kind of similar then then you can, um, you, you can you can have that base and then you know you got to adjust a little bit like I would never be able to have the leg kick Donaldson has you know I can't control my body as good as that so you make those adjustments but I definitely uh definitely try to watch major leaguers as much as possible speaking of Griffey I um I was talking to Griffey's um, old high school coach Mike Cameron the other day and yeah. he uh he was telling me well he's telling me several stories but one of one of which was he clearly, you know, had a lot of attention early on. Um, was was around so many different professional uh, players, yeah. you know, the Big Red Machine, and and so he never really asked uh, Ken about college baseball. He, you know, he said every time I talk to him or we give him, uh, update him, you know, we talk about different teams or playing professional baseball, and and he said, you know, one day I just I thought to myself. I can't believe I've never even asked this kid if he wants to play in college or, you know, if there's any <laughs> colleges interested. So he said, so he went to him and he said, Ken, uh, he said, Kenny, like, do you, you, you know, we always talk about professional baseball, but do you want to play college? You know, I mean, I'm sure I could arrange for you to get a, I'm sure someone would take a look at you and visit you. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he took a step back and he said, coach, I was born to play baseball. And yeah, that's all he said. He's, you know, it's just, it's just, uh, it's so, so funny and so cool. There's so many different, those types of stories about him out there. Um, but I do, I love that example that you gave or just of, of how it is important to give a player, um, some sort of example. And I think Craig Hyatt has talked about that as well, even though they move differently, it's still, it's still nice for, a player to be able to, to relate to someone like that. Speaking of changes, um, is there any player in the big leagues like this year that you've noticed a drastic change? Well, I think the obvious one has to be Bellinger. Right. Um, I think he's, if, if you're in this and what we do, um, he, he, I mean, the guy is just, I mean, unbelievably on fire and he's sustaining it for the most part. Um, and hopefully he continues. Uh, yeah, he, he's kind of the guy that pops in my head right away. He's made some, in my opinion, some really significant changes. You know, he's moving, uh, you know, what some would say they don't, they wouldn't agree with. Um, but he is putting himself in positions, you know, because he's the same human being. You know, it's not like he added 50 pounds of muscle or, you know, whatever. Like he's pretty much, he's, and he's one of the, I think the stretchiest and, you know, I would, I would call whippiest human, human beings in baseball. Um, but he's putting himself in positions that make uh, it so much easier to, to square the ball up. And I think that's one of the biggest things he's made so with some, some upper body positioning. Obviously, he's moving his, his, his strides a little bit more open, but he's, he's covering the plate um, because his, his hinge ability um, is getting him in a spot where he can his margin for error is, is much larger now. Um, whereas I think last year and, and some other times, 
he's got in positions where kind of his athleticism has bailed him out, but hasn't really put him over the edge as being a, a like one of the most dominant players in the league. And I think this year he has. And um, and then positioning for guys like that is everything because you can swing the bat faster than anybody else in the league, and that's cool. Um, but if your positioning and, and your angles are off and your hinges are off and things like that, then then a fast bat that works down through the zone is just going to create a lot of misses, foul tips, uh, balls that get cut um, instead of squaring them up. And if you're at that level, if you're squaring up one or two more balls out of five better, uh, that's the difference between hitting 250 and 310, you know, and that's that's a big deal. Yeah, that's a good point about his stride, how it is uh, more open now, but he maintains that that uh, that hip hinge all the way through. Whereas younger players, when they if they were to do that, everything would just completely um, come out right away, and and uh, their posture would be would not be good. Um, yeah. What um what do you guys do? Okay, so a player comes into you guys, and you know he's 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 hitting well in there, he's moving right, but his approach is bad uh, in the mm-hmm. game. Um, what would you guys talk about? Like, what would it, how would you try and fix that? Uh, and that's, that's a, that's a pretty deep question because uh, like you said, approach changes, I think, depending on, on abilities. Um, for instance, you know, I got a, a kid that I work with, I've been working with since he was nine and, you know, he's got big dreams. Uh, he's not going to be that big, you know, he's going to be a pretty small guy. So, you know, for a guy like that, his approach needs to be, you know, I, I think there's always a commonality, though. Like, obviously, get it out of the infield is hard. You know, that, I think that's kind of what everybody should try to do. Now, the the level of that changes. So if I got him, he's got to spray the ball gaps, uh, gap to get or gap or gap, as we say, we try to stay away from center field. Um, and uh, he's got to he's got to be really good, you know, handling the bat. You know, he's got to work both sides of the plate, both sides of the field well as opposed to maybe a guy who can hit it, hit the ball 100 miles per hour regularly, his, his approach might change because he's going to be asked to, do, to be a different type of player. However, it's still based off the same idea that I got to hit it hard out of the infield. Um, and again, that kind of, you know, and then like, you know, that guy's going to hit more homers, or there's got to, guy's going to be more of a doubles average guy, but it's all kind of still rooted in that same idea that um, we're trying to avoid the infield at all costs. When when you have a player um, who's struggling to hit off speed specifically, mm-hmm. how do you train for yeah. that? Because I know if you know you can set up the machine to just do sliders, just do curveballs, but since they know an off speed's coming, I mean, after a while, it's not it's yeah. not really off speed anymore. Yeah, that's a it's really funny. That's it, one of the most beautiful things that that about our system and how we teach that we train the body to be so athletic and dynamic in the box as they're moving that adjustability to off speed pitches i I guess i'll say first is that our approaches don't ever have to hit one uh that's kind of our our first because you know if you look at the numbers guys are making careers off fastballs you know point Mm -hmm. blank you know they'll they'll hit curveballs when they need to obviously or maybe go up there looking for one if they got an idea but that's at a level where you know i I can look at a book and say well this guy starts me off with a with a curveball 82 percent of the time i'm going to go off that number and and, and go look for a curveball first pitch. Um, but at most levels, you have to be adjustable, um, you know, through your stride distance. Uh, we, we talk a lot about being adjustable through your front leg um, so that that front knee will will kind of be your 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 uh, adjustability tool. And that's something that they learn day one. Uh, and we don't discuss it day one, but they're going to learn how to, to work through their, their legs and, uh, and adjust that way. 
to to pitches where is you know even just fastballs they might be early on you know they're going to learn um, how to get that timing uh, through the fastball first but then if we flip one in there slower or we are throwing overhand and, and we work on you know hitting o2 or you know with two strike counts where you have to hit, hit that curveball or whatever then they're going to already kind of have that built in it's, it's really kind of a cool thing because they don't know it when they do it you know i had a kid last last night in fact um, you know, we simulate off-speed pitches through the pitching machine um, because we'll we'll kind of hesitate to put the ball in. That's one of the things we do, and so we catch him early. And he he hesitated uh, perfectly and smashed a, a double. wasn't his hardest hit, wasn't his furthest hit, but he was by all means, you know, the pitcher got him, or, you know, got him to do what he wanted to do. He wanted him to be early. He wanted him to be a little heavy on his front side, but he maintained his positioning, maintained his head. And chest position, he maintained his his stretch a little longer, gave himself that extra time on that off-speed pitch, and hammered it. And he didn't even know he did it. He didn't even he didn't even was like, oh, cool, uh, hit, hit a double. You know, and I was like, dude, do you realize that, you know, you were super folded and out early on that? And he was like, not really. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's 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 how you hit curveballs and off-speed pitches. And, and that's something that gets built in, like I said, starting day one, whether they realize it or not. So it was pretty cool. What do you think about players uh... – like moving closer to the pitcher in the box, like changing where they are in the box. Um, yeah, I, that's a that's a good one. I, we don't mind some back to front stuff. So like if 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 I'm just really struggling with timing and and that guy's just uh, lobbing it in there because a lot of our guys, you know, they swing so fast that you know the levels that they're at until they get to a pretty competitive level are pretty slow to them. So they'll move up in the box a little bit or back, I guess, if it's a super fast pitcher. But it's really when you move move you know towards the plate and away from the plate that changes a lot you know back and forth it's just uh it's just a timing thing so yeah i mean i think if if that's something you got to do on the fly because you you just have to 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 cut down some time because it's so slow then then we don't mind that at all how long have you been at baseball rebellion for i moved uh so i when i graduated from college in just 2006 eight seven or eight um i i lived in greensboro and i started doing lessons there in greensboro for about two years and then i, I moved to durham with Chaz in 2011 and uh we weren't called baseball rebellion at the time but uh that's when kind of the, the company got started and so i guess i guess we're pushing nine nine years now almost ten wow yeah that's uh that's pretty impressive do you do you have any like long-term dreams of like wanting to be a big league hitting coach or something of that nature? Um, I, I, yes, the answer is yes. I mean, I, I definitely want to, to, uh, be able to work with those types of players more. Um, I, uh, I was actually offered a, um, a job in professional baseball actually this past off season and, uh, and turned it down. Um, just because I it, I, it was, I had some, you know, I just had a daughter and uh, it was uh, just not the right time and at the right uh, frequency of, of my life and what I wanted to do. I really enjoy what I do and, and where I'm at. And that's something that we've set up here at Baseball Rebellion that's been been awesome. You know, we have instructors come in and, and it's a place to, to, to be for a long time and it's a career when a lot of times I know this job can be kind of a stepping stone time filler for a lot of ex, you know, college players or pro players until they find what they want to do. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, I think that ultimately I would love to, to help um, teams out and consult and, uh, and maybe be a, a hitting coach at that level. I, you know, 
uh, was offered the, the job and uh, I was very close to taking it. Obviously, that's a, that's a dream come true for a guy like myself who didn't play professional baseball at all to, to get offered that. And I felt very uh, fortunate to get that opportunity, but it just wasn't the right time. And um, but I think if something, you know, if something comes up in the future, I'll definitely, you know, definitely have to take a look. You know, you got to at least explore it. And uh, if it's the right fit, who knows, man, I, I would uh, I would have to definitely consider it. It is it is insane um, how little some of those guys get paid in the minor leagues to be hitting coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, I want. I mean, do you think that's the the coaching side, not the player side, but the coaching side? Well, is that ever going to change? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I think that. Um, I think if I think like if any company, if you prove your worth, then then obviously the I think the money is there. Um, you know, any any starting job, I think in any organization is is uh, you know the payment is is what it is. But I don't know. I, it's tough to it's tough to, to say, I guess, because we know that all the stuff that baseball is going through with the minor league, uh, even the players, you know, and, and how that's been going this year with all the talk about, um, you know, people going overseas because they make more money and that kind of stuff. And to uh, to say that about the hitting coach, job, I just don't know. I think they want to. I think that it's changing and it's shifting. And it's, it's a, I think it's a good shift. You're seeing more guys who have much more knowledge about uh, data and numbers and swings and, and, and swing design and how the body works. You're seeing a much more educated hitting coach now. So I, I think that with that deserves, um, because if I can, if I'm obviously getting, you know, your, your team to produce more runs and, and, and guys are hitting the ball harder on average and that kind of thing, then, then that definitely deserves it. I know in the past, a lot of coaches have been ex major leaguers that, you know, like we just talked about, they taught they they would teach other guys based off of their feels, and my feels aren't your feels. But now, guys, and, and, and Tom is a great example. We were talking about um, you know Tom Eller a little bit ago, and and he's a great example of a guy who's had experience uh, in the team setting, who is knowledgeable of all the data. He knows exactly what he's looking at. He knows the technology, and that's where the game is going. So if you're no, if you know that kind of stuff. Then um, and you prove your worth. I, I think you should be obviously compensated. Now I don't know what that number is, but it's uh, you know there's a lot of money to be made in baseball. And if if I'm proving myself as a coach to get the results you want to help the organization, then yeah, I think you should be just like any company you'd be in. You know, I think you should be compensated for that. Awesome, J.K. You've been uh, you've been a great guest, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm glad to see you're killing it down there. I've been following you for a while. And um, again, man, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Love it. Anytime.